episode 89 of Welcome to Level 7, Afterlife, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, episode 16. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's cinematic universe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Avengers, Daredevil, uh, Agent Carter. It's done, but we did that. Well, uh, come back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, I'm talking about the stuff that's coming up and that people are you know, excited about, interested in. Agents, Agent Carter, I'm not going to be excited about again and. Till it comes out on DVD, and then I'm going to be excited about it and, and buy it. But yeah, I'm going to be excited because I'll take it off my DVR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I wish, but um, but yeah. So I'm not excited about Agent Carter right now. I'm just excited about buying Agent Carter, and I'll get more excited when I get closer to that. I'm That's excited. right. Welcome to take my money. <laughs> Speaking of take my money, dude, I saw a picture on Facebook from. I don't remember who it was, but it was a, a picture of some toys. Toys R Us exclusive toys. And it was Nick Fury. It was Agent Hill. And it was Agent Coulson. And this is the Marvel Legends line. It's super articulated and you have different heads. You can pop off and put different heads on and hands and all that kind of thing. I got to the store, though, and I just said to myself, you know what? Kids got to eat. I can't bring this home. It was what, 50, $56, I think. $57. If you say 55. so, Agent Ben Avery and I, Agent Daniel Butcher, will also not be purchasing it. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that, man, that one just, it just tested the limits of my fandom. It tested the limits of my fandom. See, you're so worked up about this, you totally forgot to introduce yourself. I had to do it for you, and you still, without even missing a beat, are still thinking about these toys. I am. Maybe, if you're thinking about it, just like me with variant covers, maybe you should go pick them up. I am going to wait it out and see if we get any on clearance or anything like that. I'm, I, a good coupon perhaps would come your way. Maybe, maybe. I don't know about Toys R Us and coupons and stuff like that. But um, the other thing, though, that I'm excited about that I don't have to purchase because I already subscribe is, dude, we only have a couple days and we'll have Daredevil in our lap. Just dumped out into our lap digitally. High five. Yes. Digital dump into our lap. Digital high fives all around. I mean, that's how excited I am about Daredevils. I'm actually conceding and and allowing the high the high five to take place hey we just did a high five event at work which makes me think mm-hmm. we should probably warn our fellow agents our schedule over the next seven to ten days could be a little crazy not my schedule well finally you can blame me yeah so we we think and we're trying to make plans to have an episode next week on time 
but it's possible that it may be delayed. Okay. Possible. Okay. And we don't know when da- our first Daredevil episode will be. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. Well, you never know. I, I, I know. We might try and pepper in a few Daredevil episodes between now and then. Uh, it would be nice to do that. I, I just don't know exactly how it's going to work out. Doing and, two episodes a, a week episode. is difficult. Yeah. Doing doing two episodes a week is difficult, but not impossible. Um, it just we'll we'll have to wait and see. But uh, right, the one thing just, I would ask: Should we be talking about this in news? I think let's so. go. Let's go there. Let's do it. Shield intelligence report. In the in the news, Daredevil is coming soon. <laughs> the one thing I would ask is as people send in feedback just to help me out. If you are sending in feedback about Daredevil as you're watching it, I don't want to tell you not to do that. I'm going to ask you to uh, go ahead, though, and in the subject line, just make sure you are being clear what episode you're talking about when you send in that feedback. Uh, the or episode if it's a title, recap of the whole thing, make sure to include that, too. Yeah, or if it's everything... Or if it's um, you know multiple episodes, that kind of thing, just to make it easier for me and for us as we're recording and and reading through feedback with Daredevil because of the release schedule that Daredevil is using, which is to dump it all in our lap. Uh, it it doesn't make nice, neat time frames of you know a week between each episode, and we know if we're getting feedback that we'll just go ahead and read it all in the next episode because it's all about stuff that happened before. But with Daredevil, if you could, we, we, we want feedback. We want to get your thoughts on these things, on these episodes and that. Uh, especially, you know, just as you're watching it and you're getting ideas and you're, you're, or you're amazed by some sort of connection to some sort of something in the, in the MCU. Send it when you think about it. Send it when you normally would do something like that. We want to hear it, you know. And our, our uh, email address is feedback at welcome to level seven dot com. And we also have the uh, the phone number. I can't remember it off the top of my head now. Oh, I'm a failure. No, you're not a failure. You're just not a real shield agent. <laughs> Speaking of, during this episode, I'm going to be referring to real shield, quote unquote, real shield, as they've been calling themselves. So we're talking about Gonzalez Shield. Um, pointy shield. You know why I'm going to call it? You know why I'm going to call it pointy shield? Because it's pointy. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that, but because of a, a listener feedback that we'll be getting to at the end of the episode here. Um, Excellent. He referred to it as pointy shield, and I thought to myself, you know what? That sounds just about perfect. You know, defining our terms might be even bigger than a no prize. Mm, maybe, maybe we got we got another email about term definition as well that I like. But um, yeah, you can send us an email, feedback at welcome7.com. I found the phone number. It's one seven seven five five level 7 So that's one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You know, and so you'd use the, the numbers. Hey, what's the big news of the day, Ben? L-E-V-E. We have uh, two news items and one news item I didn't post a link to in our show notes, which is welcome7.com slash afterlife. I didn't post the links uh, because I haven't watched them yet. And, and so I don't, I didn't have them 
handy. There's been a number, uh, I think two or three Daredevil uh, teasers that have gone out, and that's something that people have been getting excited about. And then there's also been a couple um, of Avengers Age of Ultron teasers that are out. That's one news item. I haven't watched them lately. I am just ready. I don't need to see any more. I don't want to see any more. The less I see of Daredevil, the better, I feel. And the less I see of the Age of Ultron stuff, the better. I'm, I'm not interested in watching them on Kimmel. Because I don't want to see the extra scenes, uh, the, no, the stuff they're going to show. No, I, I don't want to see that stuff anymore. I'm ready to, I'm ready to jump in. I've seen enough to make me really excited. But anyway, so that's that's one news item. Uh, have you watched those trailers? I've watched the Daredevil ones, and they actually have made me more excited. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, the Age of Ultron ones, I have kind of been ignoring because I'm already at a fever pitch of excitement. Yeah, uh, the thing with Daredevil is I don't have to be excited. This is something that if I wasn't doing a podcast about this stuff, I would still be binge watching the first day or the second day. You know, I'd still be watching two and three episodes, you know, a day, you know, a couple days a week. You know, I'd still be doing that. But the fact that I'm doing a a podcast about it makes it even more fun, I guess. The other news item is that uh, Joss Whedon (laughs) apparently has... Uh, dashed some fans' expectations by coming out and saying that there is no true post-credit scene in Avengers: Age of Ultron. <sighs> I don't even know what to think about this. I don't know if they took away our one shots, Ben. They, they took did. them away. They did. They took away our one shots, and, and I said nothing. Credit. They took away our post-credit, and still I said nothing. <sighs> And now they'll take away our movies, and who will say anything? Who, Daniel? Who? We we will. Well, because it, I'll be honest, I I talked to a few people. Wore my Captain America T-shirt to lacrosse practice this evening. Um, afterwards, talked to my assistant coach and and told him, "Hey, this is what's going on." And you know what he was? Devastated. Uh, ha- uh, happy. Devastated. That's too bad. You know, and, and, and Joss says, here's the deal. Joss says, it's so that we don't sit there that extra 10 minutes and then we get all angry. That's why he told us. No, no, but no. But here's the thing. How many of us are going to sit there the extra 10 minutes thinking that he's pulling a trick on us and then be angry? Not me. I sit through the credits anyway. Every movie. If I go to the movie in the theater, I sit through the credits. So I'm okay. I'll be fine. He says, uh, or Jeff Loeb, I think, clarified, I think it was Jeff Loeb, who said that there is a mid-credit scene, just not a post-credit scene is what he called it. So you wait, you watch that mid-credit thing, and then you can go home. I think. And the mid-credit thing. tracking me right now. (laughs) The mid-credit thing. flying overhead. You know what the mid-credit thing is going to be? Tell me. A teaser for the next X-Men movie. Sorry. Yeah. Proud. Good chance. Good chance. <laughs> or not, but yeah. Oh, good times. All right. Anything else here? That's Anything it for news. <clears throat> Let's get out of here. Let's move on. Ready? One, two, three. Mission report. Mission report. And so, Daniel Afterlife is the episode. And in this episode, 
we get tons of background on the Inhumans. We find out where Reyna is. We find out where uh, Cal is. We find out uh, where Sky was taken to, kind of. We don't know exactly where it is, but we see it. We see Fitz and Simmons. We see the rift seem to be healed, and then the rift seemed to be widened again, and then we see some interesting things there. And we have a major reveal about a character that we thought was gone. And we have a, another special guest that no one was expecting on my end of things anyway. Well done, I, sir. Well done. What? Well, I should... Well done, team. Well done. For... Keeping that under wraps. Yeah, that was a nice reveal. We had some really good reveals in this. I'm a little delayed when watching right at the moment. Yeah, you are. So I literally had to turn my phone over because all of a sudden people started tweeting at us. And I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So luckily, stayed pure. And there was a lot going on in this episode. We are balancing between, what, four different locations? Easily. We're, we're, or we're at separated. Least four different groups of people at different locations. So we're bouncing between the playground and that group of Pointy Shield. We're bouncing then over to Colson and Hunter. We're bouncing over to Sky and Lincoln. And then we're also bouncing over to where Cal is being kept. And, yeah, I mean, this is just bouncing back and forth and back and forth. And then I'm wondering, okay, so we've got... <laughs> there's no room for other characters in this episode. So at the end, when we, we have a name drop of a character that they're going to help, or going to go to for help, rather, um, I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, I wonder what he's up to. There's no room for him in this episode, but, you know, makes sense. Let's bring him in. Another well, group of characters to bounce around. They're trying between. to make it make sense. I'm saying it makes sense to bring in the guy that you pay to have his name in the credits. So You know, he, they're not really getting a lot for their money. Really. <laughs> oh, You know, contractually, if he's just getting paid per episode, but he's main cast. He's main cast. So I'm, I'm not sure what his contract looks like, but man, oh man. I got an idea. Next year, make him reoccurring. Or, just saying. Or just start actually using him next year. I mean, who knows what's going to happen at the end of this season. So. so Afterlife, this episode, man, okay. We start off with Coulson and, and Hunter, although we don't know Hunter is there right now. But Coulson, Hunter, they're out there and they're trying to get a car, trying to get a vehicle. And Colson's going to try and haggle. Hunter's just going to go ahead and steal. He's got the power. He's got cash. Yeah. He's got a good negotiating position to come from. He's got a cash. Really, really nice negotiating position to come from. But at the same time, you know, Hunter kind of forces the, his hand. And, and so he uses nicer and takes down Eddie. Poor, poor Eddie. Well, especially since he doesn't have his Jeep anymore. Yeah, they stole his car, and then they shoot him unconscious. This guy's going to wake up. normal for S.H.I.E.L.D., the new normal. Yeah. So, but here's what I'm liking about this scene. 
even though I'm not a big fan of Coulson, you know, going along with Hunter's plan, you know, I could have seen maybe, you know, they've got the cash. Why not leave the guy with a bunch of cash? Just tuck cash in the guy's shirt or something, you know, well, that's you the kind of thing did? we don't see it. So we don't know. We, we can't know if we don't see it. I'm pretty sure they did that. But they didn't show it. Colson's a good guy. He is a good guy, but I'd like to have seen it. Well, just assume. I'm not going to assume because it didn't show it. Oh, you're such a stickler. I just am. assume. If it's on, I mean, you can put that into your head cannon. That's fine. You can put it into your head cannon, but my, I'm what I see on screen is what I know to have happened. If they talk you're about right. it on screen, they totally ran out on him. So they run off. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, I don't like that. But you know what I am liking is the interplay between Hunter and Coulson, even in those short little little scenes there. And, you know, Coulson's wit. He's he's there. This is a, a happier Coulson, somewhat. Um, he's he's with a friend, and he's, he's out on a mission. This is good. So we bounce from them over to Sky. And what's Sky up to? Well, she's getting healed. And then she's introduced to her transitioner, Lincoln. Who is this guy, mm-hmm. man? Who is this Lincoln guy? He's from Cincinnati. <clears throat> He's he a is. Bearcat fan. Sometimes he roots for the Reds. He's from Cincinnati, and he's working on his doctorate. Is doctorate, or I thought he said medical school. Whatever, it's there's doctor involved. No, it's completely different between an MD and a PhD, Benjamin. You call them both doctor. Yes. So it's not completely different. Just he's no. trying to become a doctor of something. A doctor of doctoring. You know, he's doctoring. He's already specializing in homeopathic healing with his needles. Yes, and you do get the impression this is a man who wants to help people, and so it makes sense that he would want to be a doctor. Uh, he's he's there to help. Sky, uh, like like we said, he's the transitioner, and we're going to learn more about where they are, what they're oh, doing man. there. There's some very interesting things happening here, though. Very, very interesting. And we're already getting some feedback, or not feedback, we're getting some background feedback, podcasting brain. We're getting some background here about them and, you know, about how the powers work and, you know, you're... You're unusual, and this is great. And, and here, let me tell you what's going on. You know, imagine that we're, you know, this is compacting all this evolution into just, you know, a moment. And it's 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 an info dump, and there's going to be a lot of it in this episode. Uh, but we need it, and and so does Sky. So speaking about Sky, we've got people talking about Sky, and that is Bobby and and. And Gonzalez. And he's talking doing about a good her. job staying on point for Colson here. Hmm? Yeah. She's she doing is. a good job staying on point she for Colson. She's staying on point for Colson and for Sky. You know, she's saying, you know, that she's not a thing. She's a shield agent. And they're talking about Colson. Colson's a good man, you know, but Colson's collecting powered people. And Daniel, that's not gonna be the last time we use that phrase in this episode. Powered people. Powered people. What do you think about this phrase, Daniel? Powered people. Well, not superheroes. Yeah. Not super mm. beings. 
but they're not superheroes until they do something heroic. Not, not ultra, ultras. You can't call them Inhumans yet. No, no, you can't. I'm just saying. What do you like? Do you like this phrase, "powered people"? And do you think that? Because I have a theory about it. Okay, let's hear your theory because I think it's working for story purposes. My theory is that this is a writer who is sitting down and trying to write scenes where they're talking about super-powered people. And what does he use? How does he use? You know, what phrase will he use? And he says, "powered people." He puts it a couple different times in this script. My theory is that this is a, just a writer just figuring it out as he goes along, and that this is not a you know specific phrase given to them by the powers that be to say okay now we're going to call them powered people you know and it's also it gives us something else other than miracles you know in the universe as they're referring to those things they talk about heroes they talk about superpowers they talk about all this that and the other thing but powered people is a general enough phrase that's also a phrase normal people would use when talking about people with powers. And to be blunt, there's several phrases we just can't use yet. Can't use mutant, but that's okay. We don't need can't to use, use it. Can't use it inhuman yet. Can't use inhuman yet, other than, well, that's inhuman. <laughs> but they, yeah, it's it's not a label yet. It's, at least in the universe, it, it's not a label. Um, you know, and so it makes sense. Just like you said, it it serves the story, serves the dialogue, lets them talk about what they need to talk about. And, and everybody knows what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So here we get, nobody wants a war. That's the phrase that Gonzalez used. That's another. Here, just in those that one sentence or two sentences, if Coulson's collecting powered people, we're referring to inhumans. But then no one wants a war. Now we're talking about what? Civil war. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> well, it definitely is kind of a mini shield civil war. It is. It is. But I, I think it's definitely a, uh, a foreshadow based on not knowing the details of civil war necessarily, but based on knowing there's a movie coming out called Civil War that's going to. But it's so far away. It is. It is. But, Daniel, no one wants a war. They just happen and they have to build up you know they have to build up some people want wars here's what i'm worried about mean people (laughs) i'm a little worried about the build-up between now and civil war to the point where our universe our mcu changes so much that civil war is going to feel like a very different world than the world of winter soldier because with all these Inhumans, you could potentially populate the Civil War movie with a lot of just unnamed or unimportant uh, minor. But do you really cast think they're members. going to? I don't know. That's why I'm saying I'm worried about. It. I, I don't like the idea of Civil War feeling like it's it's you know taking place in the modern comics universe where you can't walk around a corner without bumping into someone in a costume or into someone who has a power. And, you know, that's what they did with the mutants. They they had to scale back. And that's why they had Wanda come and say, you know, no more mutants. And so there's only, what, 198 mutants or something like that after she growing said again. that? What? They're growing again. They are. They are. 
but I they're all going to be taken care of with Secret Wars, but we've got I mean a pretty big tone change between Captain America the First Avenger and Captain America Winter Soldier. And so it can work to change the tone between Winter Soldier and and Civil War, but it's a comic book TV show, buddy. We need we need some power. To I know, I know, I know. I, I just don't want it to become you know, nineteen eighties Marvel where it's just so. It's like everyone in the whole world is a super powered person, and if everyone's special, Daniel, dude, no don't one started on the Incredibles. Don't. Okay, all right, I'm done. I'm done. So great they movie. Need- <laughs> Philosophical question. Gonzalez needs. Uh, someone to open that box and find out what's inside the box. And they need Fitz. What's in the box? Fitz is the one who can open the box. And so they need him. So Gonzalez is going to go and he talks to Fitzsimmons. And he says that he wanted them when they were in the academy. And that, you know, Colson got to them first. Um, and then they say, you know, you can leave whenever you want. But we need you here. And I do, I do have some concerns about the scene real quick, though. Okay. Weaver, he makes the comment that Coulson bribed Weaver with cupcakes. But if Weaver's part of the board, why is that a rumor? Why wouldn't he have just asked Weaver what kind of cupcakes did Coulson use? You don't want to bring up all of someone's baggage. That's not good leadership to, you know, point out someone's weakness. Yeah. Hey, so here we are, you know, and we're all level and we all have a vote. But I hear that you can be bought with what? Cupcakes? Yeah, does Hydra have that information? Has AIM looked into what your bakery habits I mean, are? We're just saying, uh, Daniel, that's not good leadership to bring up and poke at someone's weakness like that, man. But protocols have changed. You can leave whenever you want. And Fitz goes to start packing. And then they start talking to Simmons. And they're they're working on Simmons. And you know, Coulson is as dangerous as whatever's in that box. And, yeah, it's... They're working. They're trying to wear her down so that maybe she would bring Fitz in. I don't, I'm not sure. But. Well, I mean, at least it's in line with their no more secrets protocol. <laughs> I have problems with Pointy Shield. I have problems with them. Oh, Pointy Shield. So meanwhile, Coulson and Hunter, they are investigating Sky. They're finding out what happened to her. They find the stick with blood on it that seems to have pierced, uh, what's his name, Cal- 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 Cauldron? Calvin? Cal- no. No, Calderon. Calderon. Uh, they find the stick that seemed to have... I think it's the stick that, that pierced Calderon, and they find security footage that Sky let, cut loose with her powers and then was you know taken away by the guy with no eyes. And, and then Coulson, he gets, he gets mellow. He gets mellow. I lost her. Lost S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sky in one day. And then we cut to Sky. She's feeling better. She's got all those needles in her. They seem to be repairing the damage done. And we find out that the place where she is is called Afterlife. Don't. Oh, not Adeline. I mean, it's in the right place. It's in the mountains. Are you reminded of Iron Fist? More so than Adelan. Are you reminded of Doctor Strange? I mean, both of them ended up in this Shangri-La kind of place in the Himalayas. Well, when you talk about Iron Fist, Iron Fist, you know, here Gordon's the only entrance and exit. 
um, what is it, with uh, Iron Fist, the city's there once every hundred years? Something like that. Even though it keeps showing up more often than that. I'm just uh, saying. You know, you got to do what you got to do for the story. But uh, I was reminded of both of those, and, and both of those are actually upcoming MCU events. But um, <clears throat> they, they seem to have stole it. I, I'm wondering if they stole it or if they're kind of looking and saying, yeah, Doctor Strange, they aren't going there. Yeah, Iron Fist, he's not going there. They're going to be more grounded. They're going to be more realistic or they're going to be, you know, less cliche. Because, you know, Shangri-La, that idea, that Lost Horizon story kind of thing, you know, the Lost City in the Himalayas, um, that, that's kind of a, you know, a, a, an adventure movie cliche that was co-opted by Marvel Comics and, and and not just them. Green Llama, I think, is another one that's like that. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. Some of my favorite Iron Fist stories aren't with him on the street. Some of my favorite Iron Fist stories are with him in the city. Yeah. Well, he he has to get his training somewhere and his superpowers somewhere. I mean, it's it's an origin. And it's going to have them. to come from Kunlun. It's an origin for them. But here it is. It's a it's a safe haven for Inhumans. Or people who want to be inhumans? People who have info... Descendants. Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of info dump here. Yeah. So so the citizens of the city, and as we'll probably find out later, the elders, are tracking down the descendants. The descendants have genetic markers. And not every descendant gets to become... Um, doesn't get to evolve. They don't get to go through teragenesis. There yeah. are people who want to, but aren't allowed to yet. And we'll get to it. I mean, we go to commercial break, and as soon as we come back, this is where we find out she can leave at any time. And they're talking about, you know, what are these people here? Why are they looking at me like this, like I'm the new kid? But she jumped in line. I like the phrase. You know, she jumped in line. They have to wait. She didn't. She wasn't even trained for it. She, and wasn't she didn't even, even do it the right way. No, she did she it did old it. school. She did it old school, literally, with a diviner and a Cree temple. <laughs> yeah. Which is not the way they're doing it in afterlife. It's not the way they're doing it. And we've, we've wondered about this. You know, destroying the temple didn't do anything to stop using diviners. And then we find out, you know, there's a number of them out there. And that's, but again, you get the sense that the Inhumans aren't even using a diviner. I think they are. But, but yeah, you're again, right. The way he says that. Yeah, the way he says it, it's almost like a diviner. Yeah. You did old school. A diviner. In a Cree in, temple. Like, it's like the, it, the diviner, that was like one level of crazy, but in a Cree temple, two levels. Yeah, but, and I get, I, I, I get the voice inflection that you're talking about there but i don't get the same impression from what we've been watching that that's the way it is i feel but then again remember how cal he was he was pretty enthralled by the thing was he enthralled by it because it was something new or something he hadn't seen much he knew about it no he knew all about the diviner but uh-huh. knowledge, knowledge doesn't translate to well, experience. Yeah, and the Inhumans clearly know about the Viners. So. They know about the Kree. Yeah. I mean, he, he's pretty casual about it. 
Yeah, but it's not. But it's who, not the fact that it, it's an alien. Aliens made that temple. It's it's just a Cree temple. That's old. Yeah, but you also don't get the sense that any of them have interacted with Cree, except for Sky. Maybe. I mean, you don't get the sense from the Cree guy anyway. And this is where I do have a little bit of trouble. Or I did have a little bit of trouble with why is he just, you know, why was he so interested in Sky and not in anyone else? You know, he, but I think it's because she did it old school. She went through Terragenesis in a Cree temple, and that's why he was able to, to pick up whatever emanations that he was able to scan and, and register from you know the faraway planet that he was on. Where meanwhile, you have all these inhumans. Well, I, I get the sense it was the activation of the Diviner itself, which is excellent point. If it's the Diviner trigger that brought him in, that he detected, and the inhumans aren't using Diviners, that makes more sense. Yeah, and if it's the temple that they're using, I mean, it, it's just I want to know more. We get we we get so much information here. I I, I still want more. I still want more. And Dude, you're not going to get it tonight. Nope. But they're setting up a movie that's five years away, twelve years five away, years what is away? It? Yeah, eighteen, eighteen so, years away. Can we talk a little bit more about it? I know we're going to be jumping around on this, but can we talk a little bit more about inhuman culture? We discovered that there's elders. We do. Later, and elders yeah. are making decisions on behalf of the community, including the lives of others. Well, let's just, now, let's just walk through all the inhuman stuff right now. Let's just excellent. go. Excellent. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Let's, let's stick with inhumans and then we'll come back to Coulson and, and pointy shield. Okay. So, yeah, the the elders make decisions for everyone. Uh, I'm wondering if one of those elders is who uh, Cal was afraid of earlier on. And uh, do I go – uh, okay, so is one of the elders – so are the elders the royal family? That's one question that I would have right at the moment. And my gut answer, my gut answer is no. But if we don't ever see the elders, they can be. Like we, if if we never see the elders in the context of our show, here, they have the freedom to go ahead and and be like, yeah, Inhumans movie comes out. Here's these guys and and they're elders. <laughs> but they also could not be the elders, and and they have that freedom. So maybe it's good that they're being vague in that in that regard. So could the person that Cal was afraid of, could it have been the missus? I'm, I'm wondering, although – and I, I have to go back and watch. I, I'm pretty sure that they were talking with male pronouns when they were talking about the person he was afraid of. Mm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Okay, okay. More inhuman stuff. Cree Temple, Transitioner, uh, uh, you get a guide. You get, uh, yeah, you get your Transitioner who's going to help you out. But is the Transitioner and the guide separate people? I think the Cause, same. Because Ma wants to be the guide, not the Transitioner. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and we find out the Transition is irreversible. Which we knew. Come on. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if Rogue, that's just real life, man. if Rogue could go and, and get her powers taken away in X Men Last Stand, dude, that's then, totally not realistic. It's all I could think about, though. We're talking about a thousand years of evolution in a few minutes here, a thousand, versus a thousand genetic a distortions. Lot. Come on, a thousand is not a lot, though. Really, right? Not really. It's no. not a lot. I, I just don't see that much difference between where we were a thousand years ago and today. Man, we live longer. Yeah, but we're not. But that could horns. just be helped through better living. <laughs> we're not growing horns and and spines and and you know powers of electricity and, and maybe I have been growing horns and spines. Maybe I haven't seen you. So. Um, yeah, the whole little conversation that they have about the gauntlets and how they inhibit her transition and, um, tomorrow we'll see what gift you've been given and, and she's more like a curse and yeah, I'm, I'm totally having flashbacks to, to Rogue and, and her, her pretty pathetic arc in those three well, X-Men clearly movies. the writer was right, you know, watching the old X-Men movies beforehand and. Yeah, he's like, I can't call them mutants. I can only call them powered people, but I can watch the movies still. Because you're definitely getting an X-Men vibe. As she's walking through that area where all those people are, it feels like, again, like Rogue walking through the X-Mansion in the, the first X-Men movie and just being exposed to these people for the first time. So, yeah. So that's, I, I liked... I, I like that. Um, the inhibiting of the transition coming from the gauntlets, that's an interesting twist that has nothing to do with, I think, what Coulson was talking about because they don't even understand the transition. They don't at all, and there's no reason for them to because the, they, no one knows the Inhumans exist. Yeah. But I'm getting the sense that Lincoln as a transitioner is going to help her – transition physically to where she can handle whatever her power is yes no more broken bones yes yes because that's well that works as a weakness for a character so they don't get too powerful if you use too much you hurt your bones that's also really hard to you know if you don't have some sort of quick healing or something like that 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 really inhibits your storytelling with that yeah it wouldn't be good um, and so another thing we're finding out about the culture of things here is that Gordon is the only person who knows where they are. And all these people are there not knowing where there is except for but, Gordon. But they all choose to be there. Right. Right. Just like – and this is a nice little connection here. Sky is told she can leave whenever she wants. Fitz and Simmons are told they can leave whenever they want. It's an interesting dynamic, uh, you know, with both these places that they feel trapped, but they're told they can leave whenever they want. And I, I, I like that. Uh, so then they can leave whatever they want. Gordon is the only one who knows where there is, though. And he goes out into the outside world often. He goes out. He brings in pizza from Chicago. Deep dish. Only the best, buddy. Only the best. So then we take, um, we find out that Lincoln does have powers. I wondered if he even had power. 
as Man, far as he was one of those people. How can he help her transition if he doesn't understand? Well, you, you know, we just said earlier, knowledge doesn't necessarily equal experience. He truth, might have the knowledge truth. without the experience. But he does. He does have the experience. He's gone through the transition. He's had a transitioner himself. And he can control electricity. And it seems like he actually is a good pick for her because what he describes about the electrical charge in his body sounds like some of the descriptions, not perfectly, not not exactly, but some of the descriptions of Sky gave about her power and how she feels in her body. And this is where, oh, Daniel, the writer yeah. did a very, 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 very good job with this episode. And I really should have looked up who the writer was to, to give even more props to, to this. this. This is a fantastic episode. But Daniel, he's talking about his powers and how at first he had no control and felt no. like he was burning oh, up from the inside. Just- and now, Daniel. Now he has control. And now, what does he say? How does he describe? The corniest line ever. So bad. The sky's the limit. Pardon the pun. You're sky, and I'm going to make you fly in the sky. Literal limit. Because it's the limit. You literal limit. Yeah. Yeah. I rolled my eyes. Doesn't doesn't ruin the episode for me, but unfortunately, you know, Daniel, we tend to look at other people and the things that we hate the most in other people are things that we have in our own lives that we are dealing with. And for me, Daniel, I am dealing right now with a crippling addiction to bad puns. I probably would have said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crippling. The withdrawals, Daniel. The withdrawals are the worst part. So, anyway, in this scene, there's a lot going on in Sky's face. As he's talking her through, telling her the gifts don't have to be terrifying, she's processing all this and this is one of those moments where I was kind of brought out of the moment because I'm watching sky. I'm watching the actress though and saying, she's doing a really good job acting here. She's, she's going, you know, you can see her face just kind of working through. Is this, is this terrifying? Is this joyful? Is that, you know, this is, She's confused and it's just all these emotions and she's not really doing a lot, but she's doing so much, so much. She does a great job with that. Good job, Chloe. High five from the boys. <laughs> Digital high five. Uh, she is one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I, I do not usually get people that digital high five, so. So then she also wants to make sure that her friends know that she's okay, but they aren't going to tell them that. They think it's, the elders aren't going to go with that, and that's where we find out about the elders. Um, the elders are worried. They are. The they're afraid. A lot of people out. are afraid. The secret's getting out. This this is something that, you know, because Sky, because of Dad, attention's being brought. I mean, let's face it. S.H.I.E.L.D. has them on their radar now, and that's like seven guys. 
there's so much attention being brought to them, though, that they might even be able to come up with enough of a storyline to do a movie about <gasps> them. But, uh, yeah. What? So the elders are worried. They're afraid. They, they don't want the secret to get out. But this is where asking permission, asking permission of whom. Yeah. And then what do we find out? Dad. Dad alone? Dad is still around. But we don't know where he is, but he's in that room. And Rena's somewhere, too. Yes. Yes. Somewhere. And Sky wants to know where they are. Don't worry about them. Yeah, because there's no one here who wants to harm you. Ben, I think Dad's in your basement. (laughs) So he is punching the walls. He is wrapping up his knuckles because he's bleeding. Is he losing power, maybe? Because he's not able to do the, you know, chemical thing i don't know but he's still out of control he is definitely out of control he has no self-control he has no discipline and that's why the inhumans won't let him see his his beautiful daisy yeah because he has sealed his fate but he has not only sealed his fate he sealed the fate of his daughter as well insert music here dun 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 this is a this is our 30 minute twist but what does this mean? Well, in the, the way it sounds, it's ominous. It is. The way Gordon, the, or whoever is playing Gordon, you know, behind those makeup-covered eyes, his voice, the way he says it, it makes it sound like, you know what? Dude, you got to pay. And unfortunately, your daughter's paying too. And... So that's my first question I have about this scene is, is, is Sky facing a, a dangerous fate with these people? Yes. And the other question I have from this scene is, why did Gordon go there? Did he just go there to antagonize Cal? Yeah, he's a taunter. He's totally antagonizing him and taunting him. Here I think this guy's a good guy. He's going out. He's doing all his, his his nice guy things, getting pizza and stuff. And you know, he gets sent out to bring in bad guys sometimes, like Reina and, and Cal. But you know, he's also sent out to bring in Sky and let her. You know, it's okay. I'm I'm I can joke about you know the cushions and stuff. And I always tell little little sly jokes about my vision by saying, you know, I, I don't see what you're saying. You know, well, of course you can't see what you're saying because it's words. You know, or whatever. But um. Here he's just antagonizing him and making Cal want to punch him hard. Yeah. There were some intense moments there with that scene with, with, you know, Cal actually getting a hold of him and, you know, barely, barely missing with that, that punch. The whole sum of the scene is to let Cal know that this guy's there. But why? That's it. But why? Yeah. I mean, the, the question I have is, why is he doing this? I mean, again, story-wise, we need to see this. We need to see what Cal is going through. We need to see what Cal wants. We need to see what Cal knows. And if he's just punching in the room, we're not going to get too much out of him. So I'm wondering, okay, is Gordon not quite the nice guy that he seems to be? Is he something, you know, where he's he's got a mean streak or... 
you know, he's seen a lot in his days on the force. You know, he's just seen so Grown much. Callous. So. Uh, okay, so coming out of that, we have. Oh, so here's then the other big scene. And I actually wrote in my notes that this is the 30 minute twist, but it's 15 minutes late. <laughs> okay. Sky's dealing with Lincoln. He, as he's talking to her about the other one, you know, who went through a, a physical transformation, Sky realizes, oh, man. Raina is here. We don't even know what she is yet. Yeah. Yeah. So Raina's here and and Lincoln's like, well, no, no, I didn't lie to you. I said there's no one here who will harm you. Which wink, is, wink. Which is true from a certain point of view. And yeah, so she goes, she knows right where to go. It's the place where he said, ah, it's not used anymore. Well, he did lie. <laughs> so she goes, she goes to the room that Raina is being kept in and she's going to use her powers and she's going to harm this person because Raina's not a good person. And this is where, oh, we get some good stuff from Raina. She can't stand the light of day. I like this line that she has gave. nightmares. Yeah. Children are afraid of monsters. They should know it's worse to be one. That's a dun, good, dun, dun. That's, that's, that's good. Not that's like a good that. line. I like that. It's a good line. But then the door opens, and who's standing there? It's, it's mom. Jay Ying. It's mom. Who is this person? I thought she You're was dead. dead. You're dead. <sighs> sure, you've got some scarring on your face. But you're not Deadpool. You're dead. Maybe she is a lot like that. I maybe not. I mean and she she comes in, she doesn't reveal who she is to Sky, but she talks about how Reyna is capable of good, just like you are capable of killing. I saw you. If I hadn't come here and stopped you uh from from doing what you plan to do, you would have done this. You would have killed her. Oh my goodness, Daniel. They're guests in her house. This is her place. She's been doing this. For a while now. I mean, she was doing it, and then she was dead, and now she's back to doing this job again. She's in charge. I don't know if she's an elder, or if she's not an elder, it seems like she's the the person the elders have put in charge of this kind of stuff. But And then, this is where things get really weird for me, and I I have some questions, Daniel, about this. Because then she goes and visits Cal. And is talking to Cal about our daughter. Our daughter this. And, and he told her that he'd find her. So yeah. wait a minute. Cal's been on 20 years of revenge, but no. Has he really? This is what I want to know. He's been wanting to com- to commit the vengeance for 20 years. But she's been alive for how long? Is this just 20 years of vengeance that he has not been able to let go of you killed her and she came back to life and but I still want to to exact revenge on you. The rage and the emotion that he was feeling it lingered and he was so angry it was taken away from him by Colson the opportunity to have that revenge. It doesn't ring true. No. To me. This does not ring true. 
Nope. That's so, all you really can say to that is nope. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. It could be explained. I don't know exactly how, but they could figure out some way to explain this. That you know, eh, maybe it's just explained by saying you know Cal's crazy. He's crazy, but crazy like a fox. <laughs> no, he's not crazy like a fox. Crazy like a weasel. Crazy like a jellyfish or something. I don't know. But he's just, he's crazy, but he did all that stuff. Didn't, he, he, he did the serum and stuff. He was refining it, perfecting it so he could do his revenge, right? Yes. I mean, that's the reason he did that in the first place. And he's so angry at White, at Coulson because he killed Whitehall. Right. Which was, was his revenge. So is this just revenge that you hurt my wife? I mean, you killed her, but she came back to life. And and so, but you've harmed my wife, and I've held on to that. Uh, my I, wife, who now has locked me up in a windowless <laughs> basement in Ben's, you know, home. I I just, you know, I mean, it, she did hug him. Yeah, I get the impression he has known for a while that she's alive. I get the impression that she ha- that they've spoken before. I'm I'm just very curious. How does this all work? What is Skype? Uh, what? It all happens through Skype. Oh, that would work. That would work. So it doesn't ring true with me right now. But again, this is a nitpick. Maybe it's a little you know, a step above a nitpick, but um it doesn't ruin the episode for me. This is a fantastic episode and there's so much information that they give us. And we haven't even started talking then really about Colson and what's going on with them. So let's do it. Let's. Uh, can I talk real quick about this Inhuman stuff? Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me of the Marvel Infinity um, storyline in which there's a lost tribe of Inhumans. And the thing that it re- makes me think of is this lost tra- tribe has so little Terrigen that they, like this group, not everybody goes through Terrigenesis. So you go through a screening process. You have to be proved worthy. You have to have some sort of skill that's going to be useful to the tribe. But it, it almost kind of feels like that same thing where you're rationing terogenesis because there's not enough terogen gas. And you're doing it for the better, the best of the community. Again, you have to be worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, that, that I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I totally shouldn't have gave Thanos' kid the opportunity, but... It's neither here nor there. Right. Well, it's not here anywhere. It's, it's there in the 616. Oh, good point. But it's it not there. here. Yeah. So you're correct. You're, you're correct. Okay. So let's let's jump over to, to Coulson and, and Pointy Shield and, and, and Real Shield. Or is it Big Shield and Little Shield? I don't know. We might find that out later. So I we were talking earlier about it, and there's a piece that I want it. I'm just going to have to get it off my chest. Okay. So, Gonzalez seems to have a problem. And part of the problem that he has with our real non-pointy shielders is there's loyalty. But it's loyalty Kirk to the Kirby man, shield. not to shield. And I wanted to scream at him, why not? Old shield was full of Hydra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, has not the organization proven that 
they allowed corruption to exist, where Coulson is a good and honorable man, despite his death and alien blood. But hasn't Coulson proven out to be more moral, more honorable, more the thing to put your trust and loyalty in than um, a nameless organization that was filled with dirty, dirty, rotten spies? Yeah, it- Okay, so with Gonzalez, he, you know, he's grilling May about furying Colson and asking, are you loyal to Colson or S.H.I.E.L.D.? May gives the answer, they're the same. She's loyal to Colson and S.H.I.E.L.D. because Colson is S.H.I.E.L.D. And the people on Colson's team, I think, are still under that impression. Bobby has been so, you know, impressed by Colson. Going back to when she was questioning him, uh, before they went down into the Cree Temple in, in what was it, Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you remember that conversation they had where she's like, well, what would you do if this? And what's your number? You Because know, Fury always has a number. What's your number of acceptable losses? And his number is what? Zero. Zero. But then he gets some losses. That wasn't acceptable to him because his number is zero. So Bobby, she's, you know, she's along with him. She knows him. And... Now you know, you're, you're talking about how she's defending him, and she is kind of. But this is something Gonzalez can't understand, I think, because he doesn't have those kind of feelings for anyone. Fury, he based everything on, you know, that the the the, the secrets and everything like that, and so Gonzalez, you know, he doesn't have a person that he would look and say. I respect that man enough that I would follow him anywhere. And, and, and Gonzalez, I mean, he's, he's also jaded. All of them, all of them in pointy shield are because jaded. old shield was filled with dirty, dirty Hydra spies yeah. and turncoats. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying his argument does not ring true to me when what he's trying to say is, you know what? You really need to put your faith and loyalty into this thing that betrayed each and every one of us. Except for one thing. His his argument doesn't stop there. He's not saying this is bad because it's a cult of personality. He's saying, you know what? He should be on the index. Colson should be on the index. He's changed. And and he he says to, to May, and this is where we get a little bit of information about Baran, uh, or Bahrain. Bahrain. I always things like that i just say wrong but um you already had to put one down and you know this is something he doesn't trust colson not because colson is untrustworthy he doesn't trust colson because colson has power and power can corrupt and colson doesn't just have power he has the alien stuff that who knows what that means but power corrupts and colson has been corrupted. That's that's the impression that I'm getting. I actually I I can track with with Gonzalez. I can understand what he's thinking. I don't agree with what he's thinking, but I can understand him. But that's great. You can understand the man who's more interested in a witch hunt than tracking down tri- Hydra to alien temples. Daniel, let me let me just put it to you this way: Our world would be a much better place. If we just try to understand each other, even when we don't agree. I mean, you live on Earth, right? I do. You see this, right? 
every day. So we understand the man. But I'm then divisive. we can talk to the man and we can say to the man, look, Gonzalez, my friend, I understand what you're saying. But Colson oh, told him, wrong. Just, just give me a call. We could have talked. You didn't need to do this. You didn't need to break into my house, my playground. They did. I mean, we've then Gonzalez has addressed that. He says that thing, that box, pushed the timeline up. Mm. We wish we could have not even know what's in the box. I know. But then there's some interesting things with that too, where you get into Bobby uses that as a piece of leverage with Simmons to say if Colson is innocent. If there's nothing that he's hiding in the box, opening it will show us and prove to him, to us that he's okay. But if we open it and find that there's you know terrible secrety secrets that are just secrety and terrible, then that also proves to us you know this other side of where Colson could be going. And wouldn't you want to know that too? You know the man by the secrets he keeps, but you can't know the secrets unless you open the box. You don't know until you know. That's right. And there might be nothing in there. What's in the box? Spoiler alert. There's nothing in part of that. (sighs) Bomb, bomb, bomb. Okay, so let's totally have a 3D printer laying around. (sighs) Totally do. That was... It was good. So Mac is dealing with his issues. He's dealing with his issues dealing with Fitz. Calls him Turbo when Fitz is getting ready to leave. And, and Come on, Turbo. Don't leave. And I'm your best is, friend. Uh, and Fitz, Fitz is mad. <laughs> well, Fitz says, only my friend Mac can call me that. That's like, oh, wow, burn if you were 12. My friend Mac, who's now dead to me. Oh, man. It's it's a good line and it's a good sentiment. Fitz is not the most mature person in the world. I mean, we we know this. We've seen him have to deal with things he is just not prepared to deal with. He has an affliction. Okay, he has some brain damage. Don't he, question his maturity. I no. I'm he. This is before he had the brain damage, my friend. This is before, as well. And and so I'm I'm looking at him and thinking. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a rough scene because they built up that friendship for us at the beginning of the season. Back it, when Mac was the best friend you could ever have. Yeah, we we talked a lot about how Mac was a a good guy, a good friend, and and you know taking the place of Simmons and the one person who's there to actually try and engage with Fitz. Uh, whereas everyone else was kind of, you know, keeping Fitz at arm's length because they didn't know how to handle him, and did, you know they were feeling bad for him and that kind of thing. With Simmons gone, so yeah, yeah, Mac, he's he's trying, and and I I I hope I'm not stealing this from you, Daniel. For You're not either, but um, you know, Mac has the line. We knew this wasn't going to end in a group hug. They knew when they set out to do what they're going to do. That but I think Bobby didn't know that she was going to come to respect Colson. That's I, – I disagree. I think she went into this mission knowing of Colson and already respecting him. But I think she saw him as a target 
and I think she sees him as more than that right at the moment. I think that he was a threat, and now she understands his reasoning. I think that he, if he was a target for her, and if he was a threat for her, before he was a target and before he was a threat, he was, at the very least, a casual acquaintance. Because uh, I get the feeling that bringing Bobby in was not a hard decision for Coulson to make. He knew, no. he knew her, knew of her, and I think that she knew him and knew of him. I don't think that this is a, a well, relationship and, and that formed out of a vacuum. Bobby is his double a, triple agent, so. Well, I don't think so, but, you know, you can go ahead and keep on dreaming. So, so we have a lot going on with all this stuff, and, and a lot of it is just discussion a lot of it is there's you know there's conflict with Gonzalez and May and there's there's conflict as they're trying to figure out what are we doing about Colson but um, it comes down to the there's a nice moment where Colson trips the alarm at the the banner house and Bobby right away says you know he did that on purpose he's bringing he- us he's calling us. What's the plan? You know, why is he doing that? And, and Gonzalez says, you know, that's the question. Why? Why would he do that? Well, and thank goodness Coulson mentioned that Gonzalez is a master of strategy. So we know that he wasn't going to just fall automatically into the plan. Right. Right. But Coulson had the better hand. That's that's the thing. He, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Look at you. Look what you did. Well, Coulson did it first. I mean, he said that when they, after they had played, they trip the alarm, they get people to come, they're safe in there because it can hold out of a, a Hulk. He has a briefcase with a 21st century Halloween commando kit. And what's in it? The hologram. And he says, well, you want to play some cards? So they're sitting there, they're playing cards as holograms. They've recorded it, I'm assuming, and now they're playing it back. And they win the, the short gun battle using their icers with the other shield agents. And that's where he says, you know, we had the better hand, but not only do they have the better hand there when they go out to steal the Quinjet and they're surrounded now because of master of strategy, Gonzalez sending in a second Ooh. round. Well, 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 but he made a promise. He did make a promise to Hunter, which is that he had reinforcements coming. Yes. Yes. So when you heard that, when you heard that, what did you think? Oh, Hawkeye. I thought Hawkeye. That well, did cross my mind. He makes the comment a little bit later. He says, there's only so many agents I trust. So I'm like, Romanoff, Barton. Hawkeye is, is one that, that popped into my but mind. But that would be Barton. But I'm like, and, and, Barton, and May. Romanoff. May was the other one. I'm like, well, May. I, did I he mean, somehow get her a message and now she's going to try and escape and get to them? I, I don't know. I did not... It, if someone had said, maybe if someone had said, there's a special guest star who's not from the movies, maybe my mind would have gone to Mike Peterson. Maybe. Well, um, this was a complete know, and nobody, utter surprise to me. Yeah, nobody said that J. August Richards was coming on this season. Nobody had reported it. It was completely out of the blue. No rumors. You and I assumed he was playing the Incredible Hulk card, and, going from town to town with the Lonely Man. And I get the impression that he was doing that, but he's not now. Now he's working nope, for Colson for a little while. while. Yeah. 
He's been working for Colson, tracking down List. And, and not only has he been working for Colson, he calls him Agent Peterson. He's an agent. Well, In the world of no levels, he's an agent. Yeah, so as, as new normal begins in second season. I think Peterson was a part of shield just like Bobby was. Colson has all these people doing these little missions for him. Uh, you know, with, with, with Hydra, it's cut off one head, another will grow in its place with shield with Colson. I almost get the impression that he's kind of leaning in on the, on the fury end of things of, you know, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. I didn't well, expect and it, it paid Peterson. off today. Sure did. You know, sure did. Because, you know, having a murder, murderous cyborg around is a good idea. It is. Yeah, no, I mean, it helps you get the job done. And come on, the delivery, good old bunny classic, Colson. Truthfully, I just wanted to see the look on your face when he showed up. Yeah. Priceless. We get some good emotion from Colson in this episode as he's talking about Sky and worried about Sky and talking about Shield, but we're also getting what we like about early Colson, who has wit and who, in the face of dangerous things that are bigger than he is, is is still able to retain that that wit and that that quick thinking. And here he is. Here he is. You know, I'm feeling like we're getting a little back to normal with him. It, it, it's great. And and Michael's been upgraded. Yeah, he's and been he's upgraded in show, learning to fly. It, yeah. So this is. Ah, uh, yeah. So he. It was masterful. He's masterful back. Use I, I was not expecting it. The hands stop the ramp from going up. And so when I see the hands, I think, okay, there's somebody there. That's probably the reinforcements. I mean, this is going through my head quickly. I don't know well, who it we, is. We but then it's super powered. It was a reinforcement. He did make it a little bit clearer. And then at that point, you, when he said reinforcement, you had to know it was a powered person. But who? And you know, I said powered person. See what I did there. Yeah. But but who? And I I know he's a powered person when you see the ramp not not able to close. He's actually holding that back. And well, you know he's not Hulk because his hand's not green. Right. And I didn't expect Hulk. No. But I wasn't <sighs> expecting a powered person. I was expecting an agent. Let's be honest. We were a hot mess about this. Who is this reinforcement? And then to find out it's Mike, it makes perfect sense for the show because he was born on the show. Yes. And we haven't seen it. You and I have talked about it this season once or twice. You know, what's Michael doing? When's Mike coming back? You know, it, this is hope for Graviton. We we keep joking about the fact that Graviton has to come back. He's in the ooze. This shows you that they can, and they can keep a secret from us. They did a great job. They did a great job. I was surprised. If I did fist pumps in the air, I would have done a fifth fist pump in the air. All right. So a virtual one, the hands up. A digital <laughs> virtual <laughs> fist pump going out to everyone right now. Um, and I'm sure that there are people out there who figured it out before I did. I didn't figure it out until I saw his face, and I just thought to myself, yeah, this is good. This is fun. I'm enjoying myself. 
Whew. Yeah. And it's good to see Michael's mostly back on his feet. So they escape. And as cybernetic as they are. <laughs> they escape. And, and you know the other thing that I think of now when I see uh, Mike Peterson, and I, I just can't help it because I'm watching this every week with my kids as we're watching through uh, the $6 million man and the bionic woman. So I'm there. I'm, I'm just kind of, oh, he's not the Incredible Hulk. He's the $6 million man going from town to town. Help Gosh. Gosh, this is great. This was great. Yeah. This was probably, this was better than Ma being alive. Well, this was, I, this, I'm not emotionally connected to Ma. I haven't had a story arc through Ma. I've seen her in glimpses. Michael, again, we were invested in him. We saw his excitement, his desire to help, his climb to being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, his disgrace as he betrayed Coulson. We know he's got a kid. There's a lot of emotion behind this. I got excited to see him, but with Ma, when she showed up, I got confused and I, what? Were you like, is there an aunt? (laughs) Clones? Caning? Well, yeah. But as, like I said, Daniel, this was a great moment. These are two great moments in this episode. Ma returning. We had no idea that she could, though. That's why it was a little more of a surprise. Mike Peterson returning was an awesome surprise, but we were also expecting it to happen sooner or later. But the, it was great because they kept it quiet. Yes. And they kept quiet. Um, Jane coming as well. So... Okay, so then we have one last little bit here to talk about, and that is Fitz. Fitz and Simmons. We have one last little bit with Coulson. Well, get to that. That's uh, you want to do that now? Well, yeah, it makes because I guess the Fitzsimmons stuff thing is at the very, very end too. Because the thing is, is it seems to me that Michael's got a good opportunity of being in the next episode. Oh, he is in the next episode, if not in the. Oh, wait a minute, Daniel. I just had a thought. Clear. Though. You know, that it was going to follow through to the next episode? Yeah. It, I wonder if they've had him in the credits up front. Oh. Well, to those of you who didn't notice the credits up front, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I just wasn't very uh, good with my observational skills this time around. Anyway, so we're going in with Coulson, we're going in with Hunter, we're going in with Mike. They're all together on the Quinjet, and hearkening back to when they're trying to figure out what to do, and Hunter gives Coulson the advice of, if there's no good option, go with a bad one. Coulson reveals his bad option, who they're going after, to help. Grant Ward. Thoughts? Mm. Again, we got to do something with him. You know, he's going to be this link between Hydra and Inhumans because they're they're tracking down a Hydra head that they didn't get. You know, maybe he can help them get this guy or get close to this guy. But what are they going to bring to him? What offer do they have? Uh, and know. let's remember, Michael's probably got some serious ward baggage. It's definitely a bad option. And, uh, you know, this is where Coulson's desperate. 
And is this a good idea? And <laughs> it's not as desperate, almost more desperate, I guess, than Gonzalez and his crazy offer. Oh. Well, yeah, the the Gonzalez offer to May, that's that makes sense. He's trying to get these people on Pointy Shield's side. He wants to get May away from Curvy Shield and into Pointy Shield. This is the way to do it, and this is where I'm wondering. With their board meetings, minutes, <laughs> yeah. Is the end Robert's game rules of order? <laughs> Seriously, he was outvoted. That's why he's in there being and making nice to May. Is because it's a democracy. It's a democracy. Because that's what you want out of your spy organization. <laughs> My question here is: um, it, it what is the end game for this story arc? with pointy shield and curvy shield director melinda may is it well is it to get things to the point where they bring them both together and so when we leave season two we have an even stronger new shield or is this you know going to end up with one side having to destroy or defeat the other side or is this going to end up with as we have talked about before Big Shield chasing after Little Shield. I'm just saying, buddy. By Civil War, I want cape killers, and in order to have cape killers, we're going to have to have a you big, have big capes. shield. You got to have capes to have cape killers. I know, but you got to have guys to put inside the cape killer outfits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're offering May that seat on the board because when they bring Coulson in, he's going to need an advocate, and she's not going to shoot him but well not stupid enough to give her a gun with real bullets is his but he had bullets in it he pops them out he's you know she says even you're not stupid enough to give me a gun with real bullets and he i'm just saying the clip, the there, there was a cruise, bullet in the chamber the jungle cruise has bullets on their guns wink wink well well, okay, Daniel, if you're going to go with that route, then yes, they weren't real bullets because they're a prop gun. But he pops the clip out. There's bullets in the clip. There's a bullet in the chamber. He gave it to her with bullets. He if gave her a so, loaded ben. gun. If I say so and if I see it on the screen, then that's that's two things that, that would, would suggest to you that maybe you should listen to me. Yeah, but in my head canon. <laughs> He used a jungle cruise gun. Okay. Anyway, he says, we can't afford to be enemies to each other. A house built on shifting sand will fall. As he's saying that, Fitz leaves. Uh, so let's talk about Fitz and Simmons. So throughout this episode, again, we met, we talked about Fitz earlier and Mac, you know, the turbo conversation. And and Fitz is beginning to disjoin himself. And, and in that conversation, he point, Turbo said, not Turbo, Max says to Turbo, hey, we don't even need you to open the box. Simmons has figured it out. Yeah. So and he, he like, goes. He, he like goes to the screen and he's like, oh, you didn't think I would notice that. And I'm thinking to myself, she's doing something in her scans that's tipped him to something. Yes. He's been tipped off. To something. And I'm almost thinking – Maybe something only he's supposed to notice. Oh, absolutely. So later... I think that she was sending him a message through what she was doing in pretending to comply with what they wanted her to do with the box. Exactly. Yeah. 
And he does. Then he we get, picks up on then it. We get, this is good. Then we get the play acting. And, you know, maybe to your point, Simmons has learned to lie because we get the back and forth. You know, you're doing this to intentionally make me leave. You know, you yes, might as well be packing my bags. I am. Wink, wink, wink. Maybe it's best that you should go, Leo. Huh, huh, uh huh. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. A, a wink's as good as a nudge to a blind bat. So Leo leaves, as you point out. And then after he leaves, you know, she goes, you know, we need Coulson, Miracle. Without basic Coulson, it's a worthless piece of junk. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. nudge. Wow, she was so confident. She was so confident. What was the change? Well. So it gets into the cab because apparently the playground is in an, uh, an area that's urban, as we've discussed before. In New York City. Uh, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? The SSR you? headquarters that we watched in Agent Carter. Yes. You would love for that to be true. Um, I, but as I you know, some of that blew up. Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. You, those of you in the UK, I apologize. <laughs> and um, you know, over the course of, what, 60 years, uh, that, that does give you enough time to rebuild certain things like small portions of wall. So, so he, get, he, gets, he gets into the, the cab. Uh-huh. And there's two items in his big bag. I love this. And I they're meaningful this. in two very important ways. So the first item is the to- toy bo- the toolbox. Yep. The real one. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, he was playing with it earlier, making a big deal, throwing it around. Maybe, on the, on the maybe table. a little sleight of hand, and he swiped it. Yeah. Done. Good old fits. Smart. But then the second <laughs> item has the real meaning. The sandwich. The sandwich. Their sandwich. And this, to me, this is a ceremonial sandwich of reconciliation that tells me that no longer do we have Fitz and Simmons, but we now have Fitzsimmons because she's made him the sandwich, even with the pesto and only. Every... Just the way he likes it. Just the way he likes it. This is good. They have this reunited. Good. And my heart is healed. They have reunited, and it feels so good. And we know reunited. Simmons can really lie. And it's uh, what? <laughs> and we know Simmons can lie really well now. Well, last episode, this is what one of the things that made me say, oh, she's definitely tipping off to something by, by pretending to comply. It, it's the whole sequence with Bobby last episode which was a great sequence but it showed us she's getting better at the spy game much better so any other thoughts here Daniel about this episode which good grief I'm 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 thinking to myself yeah know what this is this is a great episode another good episode in a in a great season I mean I loved it I love this episode I think bringing Mike back was brilliant, the way it was handled. I think there's a lot of, you know, we're we're putting some big debates in there. Again, one is, are you loyal to the man or to the organization? To which I'm going to, again, throw out the, be loyal to the man. And no, no, May, no, no, no. I like May's answer. She's loyal to both. Yeah, but she can be loyal to both because of the man. Uh, again, the or, old shield... If the comic books have shown me anything, constantly filled with corruption and falling night and day. 
every time you get to the end of his shield arc, shield's going to be down. Yeah. Uh, other issue, um, uh, along with loyalty to the man, um, Main does point out, you know, maybe you should have been fighting Hydra. Just saying. Well, and that that's something that when she said that, she said specifically, we were out going after Hydra. This is something you have said. This is something that multiple people have said. Yeah. Curvy Shield was doing their job. Pointy Shield was not. Pointy Shield they was were running after. They, they were holding meetings and witch hunts. So, Pointy uh, Shield, very, we still have problems. A very, and very Bobby, good episode. again, showing us how how loyal she is to her man, to her director, Phil Coulson. I raise my glass to thee. And I would say my, my final thought here on this episode is that this felt like – it felt like a breath of fresh air. And I don't know if it's just the open – openness and the sunlight of the afterlife or you know colson coming back and giving his one-liners and and all that or you know two great reveals one an old friend returning and not just returning but returning at the exact moment he needs to be there to win the day this was a fun episode and it was an earned episode it was an episode that we as people who have been following since day one, uh, this is an episode that pays off a lot of things that have built up as far as relationships and as far as Fitzsimmons in that relationship. Mike Peterson. Speak, speak the truth, brother. And speak the truth. Yeah, I, this is this is an episode where I feel like things are coming back together in new ways and in different ways, but they're kind of coming back. This is nice. Now, Grant Ward, next episode. Maybe next episode. It might be an episode or two. But I don't see that coming back to, to normal. Fitzsimmons, that rift being healed, yes. Good. Done. Make it happen. Make it different. Make it evolve. But I'm glad that there is a relationship there. Grant? Ward? No. I want him to be a bad guy. Because he doesn't deserve to come back with the team. He doesn't deserve a place on Curvy Shield. So that's that's my final thought about this episode. So from there, you ready for our field reports? Man, and it's a big one. Yeah, there's quite a few. So let's get started. Shield field report. First email will we get. Subject line, love in the time of Hydra, from Agent Dare. Hello, agents. I feel you and my fellow agents have focused wrongly on Hunter's reaction as he bursts out of the doorway on the helicarrier. It wasn't surprise that he was on a ship. It was disappointment that the ship was not at a port and that being at sea makes his escape that much more difficult. Thanks for your continued reports. Dare. So would you say he was disappointed? I, I would, but I don't have that queued up. Oh. <laughs> but yes, uh, agreed. Um, that is a quite possible interpretation of events. But Agent Dare's not done, Ben. Oh, no, he's not. Because he also has something to say about one door closes. Let's hear it. 
I love this episode. It was all the spy and superhero intrigue I have been waiting for. And I was tense, too, for the whole episode, like Agent Daniel. Remarkably, by the way, Ben, I wasn't tense tonight. Hmm. Mm, there were one back, or two moments when I was. I think I was just too busy enjoying myself. But back to Agent Dare. I do wonder if real pointy shield is working with General Tablet. 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 <laughs> Take down Coulson. I really doubt, doubt Talbot has forgiven Coulson for anything. If real pointy shield is still operating with government sanction, then I would hope and expect to see our favorite mustache coming off as a little bit smarter. Since he is military and approaches everything in a military fashion, then I would expect Talbot to use different resources to combat spies. So, so, so far, all of Talbot's maneuvers have been very straightforward. It would be great to see him using... More strategic thought by directing real pointy shield at Colson and our team. Of course, I could be giving the mustache too much credit. I still hope that Hill and Osborne will be brought into the mix by the time the Ultron initiative is launched. Thanks, Agent Dare. Um, a few thoughts there. Um, I think that maybe we're giving Talbot too much credit. Uh, excuse me, the stash. <laughs> Hill, I... I know we're going to see Hill in Age of Ultron, but you know, I hadn't thought about the fact that with bringing Peter back, bringing Spider-Man back into the fold, we really could have an Osborn-led hammer at some point. We could. I don't think we will. I don't think we will, but it's actually back on the table. Yeah. Agent Gray writes in with subject line, one door closes. And writes in to say, just finished listening to your podcast, and I'm sorry to have ended it on such a low note. Ben, you sounded so sad. I wish I could have taken it all back because this week's episode was very much improved. And I think she was talking about the email that she sent in last time. But uh, She says, uh, I really found it to be exponentially better. The action was great. I loved how Coulson held his own against Gonzalez. I feel like we got to see those strong relationships on our team. I love the little moment of silent reconciliation between Fitz and Simmons. And Daniel, I agree with you that Simmons looked to Fitz for an okay to go help Mac, and Fitz gave it. I also love the scene with May getting Coulson out of the base and the obvious mutual commitment there that's so strong. And Simmons putting one over on Bobby was awesome. I worried that she'd turn it to their side. I, I worried that she'd turn it to their side. And, and I do think that there, there's no it there. I worried that she'd turn to their side. And I do think there's still room for that possibility. But in the that moment, I cheered for Team Coulson. It feels like under pressure, our team is acting the way they're meant to. I, too, wonder whether we're looking at Coulson's team having to go rogue against Pointy Shield, which I've also seen referred to as Gonzal Shield. But if you guys are looking for a less confusing moniker than Real Shield, Pointy Shield. Honestly, it feels right for Coulson to be that wild card guy, playing it kind of fast and loose. And maybe the point is that that's why they're supposed to be, and that's that's where they're supposed to be, and that's where they operate best. Not as part of the bureaucracy, but outside it. Hmm, interesting. I do look forward to a Hunter Coulson team, rogue team up in this next episode, which you have already seen by the time you respond to this. I love the talk between Sky and Simmons and the potential for reconciliation they seem to have, even though, like you, I'm sure that May's warning to Sky is meant to set up a misunderstanding where Sky thinks Coulson's shield was coming after her. Uh, side note here, I, after watching this episode, I I don't know that, that Sky is going to end up thinking Coulson's shield is coming after her. She's very concerned that her friends know where she's at the Inhumans, and that she's okay. The Inhumans definitely are paranoid. 
but at the same time, I don't, I don't think that it's really that bad as far as Sky's own feelings towards. Shuma. I assume when the pre- people she wants that message to is Phil and Melinda. Uh, back to the Agent Grey. Uh, so overall, I found this episode much more enjoyable than any of the previous four. It felt gripping but not frantic, intense without being depressing, and it left me looking forward to next week while still being enjoyable to watch in its own right. Yay! Before I sign off, I wanted to share a theory I've come across which contains a spoiler from the Marvel Double Agent series that they've been posting online. In the second episode of Double Agent, which, have you been watching those, Daniel? Nope. Neither have I. I've just just haven't i didn't buy the toys and i haven't been watching the double agent stuff we're failures I am well not a mostly good man. you i am not a good man uh anyway she says we see drawings of gonzalez's base and one of the rooms is prominently labeled drone control room or something to that effect i've seen speculation that the cargo fury wanted to keep away from hydra had something to do with the ultron program and that when the ultron debacle goes down it's going to be devastating for gonzalez and his version of shield maybe they will wish they had sunk that carrier after all what a way to tie things in if so hope you're having a great week thanks so much for the time and effort you put into the podcast agent gray and man if that's the tie-in that they should have sunk that ship to destroy something that is going to come to life in a few weeks in the middle of the belly of their own base in their march to their finale. There's some potential good awesomeness there. All right. You want to read uh, from Agent Pot Roast? Agent Pot Roast. (laughs) Fury, fury, fury. I'm pretty sure that the only people who know that Fury made Colson director are the ones that actually know Fury is alive. There would be no reason for the supposed real shield, by the way, I did do finger quotes when I said that, to know. Bobby and Mac don't know. I'm sure nobody told them. So it would make sense that Gonzalez and uh, all would have no way to know that the order came directly from Fury. So no wonder they suspect him. I believe that if Fury was dead, Agent Hill would have become the next director. I think that this is a setup for Fury to straighten everything out, perhaps before Age of Ultron. Also, we've seen Simmons buck the trend be- before. Up until this episode, I was pretty sure her storyline was setting her up to defect to the other side of the rift for the upcoming Civil War. But now I'm not so sure. She doesn't ask questions before she takes out Bobby. She only helps Mac when Fitz gives her a nod. During the video chat with Sky, she really seemed more like the true friend she really is. Hopefully this Real shield baloney will help sway her back to the side of our team, Sky, and ultimately Colson. There we go from Agent Paros. All right, uh, I do want to say, Daniel, when the ramp didn't go up, and you saw the two hands, and then it started to go down, and I saw the bald head. I did for a split second think that could be Fury. But then it was just for a split second. And then you saw his face and he you know, obviously was not. But, but yeah, I mean that that bald head coming he, up like the sun rising up over a hill in the distance on the horizon. Ben, I'm just gonna tell you this right now. When you talk about bald heads mm-hmm. and scarred faces. Yeah. 
right when we started recording, I posted the first photos of Ryan Reynolds' dead pill, both mask and maskless. And it's magnificent. Yeah. So anyway, back to Fury. <laughs> With Fury, I could see – can you imagine the scene? Fury comes back and basically says to Gonzalez because now you have uh, Edward James almost facing down or facing up to Samuel L. Jackson. Those two personalities, those two presences – and what is happening? Fury is taking him down a notch and saying, what do you think you're doing? This I put Coulson in charge. I gave him the box. What are you doing? And what happened to the box? They stole the box right out from under your nose because that's not really the box. Because Leo is a nice young man who I pulled out of the ocean one time told me he's got the box. Yeah. Yeah. I could see a scene of Fury coming in and setting everything straight. This email here makes me think of that. I mean, I didn't think of it before this email, but now that I read this, I'm thinking, well, there's there's a possibility there. So, uh, Agent Allen writes in, subject, the real shield dilemma. Gentlemen, regarding the understandable difficulty in deciding how to refer to Coulson's and Gonzalez's factions of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Daniel seems particularly reticent to refer to the latter bunch as real S.H.I.E.L.D., and he is correct in that sentiment. Just because Commander Adama refers to his misguided group as the real S.H.I.E.L.D. does not mean that we must follow suit. But how, then, to differentiate for your listeners which group you are referring to at any given moment? To call the attackers real shield gives them far too much credit, and yet it would be awkward to explain every time that you are talking about, you know, the ones that follow Gonzalez and call themselves real shield. You are obviously in search of an efficient nom- nomenclature, nomenclature shortcut. I would submit that Agent Ben finally began to swerve toward the solution to this conundrum near the conclusion of the field report when he began to longingly wonder if we were going to see Coulson's little band on the run from Gonzalez, who will, by then, have completely taken over shield. At that point, 120 minutes in, I breathed a sigh of relief and could stop shouting at my iPad, Guys, you already solved this at the beginning of Season 1. I remember Agent Ben waxing eloquently about how awesome it would be if the show evolved into just that, Colson and his band on the run from their own organization. At the time, he already had a way to refer to the bus team and their potential pursuers, even though it hadn't even happened yet. Considering that Gonzalez already has a freaking aircraft carrier and other seemingly unlimited resources at his disposal, and Coulson is already on the run and working on getting the band back together, I would say it's time for the sake of clarity for the listeners and sanity for the hosts to break out a set of terms that Agent Ben unwittingly prophesied a year and a half ago. Big Shield and Little Shield. Respectfully submitted, Agent Allen. And I will say now, if that is the direction we go in, I will gladly change from pointy shield and curvy shield to big shield and little shield. But for now, we don't know if that's really where they're going. So, Agent Jessica sent us a message. Daniel, you got that one? I do. Right. Subject, shield versus real shield. Really loved last week's episode. And it's one of my new favorites. I moved it down from being absolute favorite right after seeing, seeing it to being in my top five. 
I love seeing Hartley again and seeing the flashbacks to what happened mm-hmm. with Bobby and Mac, Mac during the events of Winter Soldier. I also enjoyed the inhuman elements with Sky in this episode and thought the special effects were awesome. Bobby sure had a lot going on with the flashbacks and her taking on May and Simmons and then Sky. I really liked seeing more with her character. I am still pro Bobby, even though she is working for Real Shield or Real Fake Shield, as I like to call them. It seems like she really does care about Coulson's team. So I get the feeling she's going to be doing a lot of defending them as well as questioning if she's really on the right side of the, of things. That's just the impressions I get from how she's been talking to Gonzalez about Coulson and Sky. And I would say Agent, Agent Jessica's clearly insightful. Clearly. I had a couple questions that you guys might be able to answer. We don't know a ton about the gauntlets that Simmons made for Sky, other than they apparently have side effects including making her dizzy or something. I was wondering if you thought the gauntlets actually helped her focus the energy better than before, because that is what it seemed like to me. The water manipulation and the blast that destroyed the forest happened after she had worn the gloves for a bit, whereas before we really had only seen the earthquaking and breaking out of her cocoon when Trip crumbled. Hashtag Trip lives. <laughs> My other question has to do with Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., who actually knows that Fury is alive out of out of all these characters? Is it just Coulson and his main team? I assume, I assume Fitzsimmons, May, and Sky know about the events from the last episode of Season 1. It seems to me that the people in real fake S.H.I.E.L.D. think Coulson just kind of took it upon himself to run S.H.I.E.L.D. and use Fury's toolbox. So I'm wondering if they could see things differently if they knew that Fury gave it to Coulson and told him or gave him orders to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. They might already know that. But it kind of doesn't seem that way. Here's my thought, Ben. Um, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's clearly got to come and clear this up, as we've discussed. I think so. I think yeah. so. And then on the gauntlets, real quick, I would say, um, I don't know. I, I get the sense the Inhumans from this episode do think that they interfere with her transition. We definitely get to know more about the gauntlets in this episode than we knew Um I mean, if when I read this email the first time yesterday, I was going along with that and wondering, maybe that's the case, but I don't think so now after having seen this episode. So. Back to Agent Jessica. I'm not a huge fan of Gonzalez still, and I don't like that he is in charge of Real Fake Shield. <laughs> Agent Jessica, is anyone really in charge of Real Fake Shield? Or is it just the bureaucracy and the red tape that run the place? Remember, this is not a democracy. This is a shieldocracy. Nice. Uh. We need it. We need a meme of that. That's a T-shirt right there. There we go. Back to Agent Jessica. Really don't like Calderon, and I have a feeling he is going to keep causing the most trouble for Coulson and this guy. I was happy to see Hunter meet up with Coulson. I just assumed that they had some sort of protocol already in place to get in contact with each other in emergencies, so they planned to meet up wherever they were. I totally thought Tahiti at first, too. The only person on Coulson's team I'm slightly worried about is Simmons. Agent Jessica, take a sigh of relief. It seems like the last several episodes, they've been priming her to want to leave and hinting that she might be swayed to go with real fake shield. I was especially worried once we saw that her old professor from the Academy was working with Gonzalez. I still want to give her credit that she will stand by her friends, especially Sky and Fitz. But at the same time, so many things have changed her perspective on things. So I wouldn't be surprised if she aligned herself with real fake shield. I would be really sad if that is what happens. And if it does happen, I hope it's just temporary, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens with her. Loving the show this season, although I'd like to see more of the humor for season one, but I'm excited to see what happens next. 
Thanks as always. Keep up the good work. Agent Jessica. I, Jessica, I, I'm hoping, 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 hoping that you write in about this episode because this is two in a row, I think. This is two in a row. I think. I might be wrong, but um, two in a row getting back to the, that old that old magic. So This is from Agent Nathan, subject Banner's Cabin. Hey, Agent Ben and Dandy Daniel. I'm listening to your most recent podcast, and your comment about Hulk's fist print made me think of something. The cabin is called the house that Banner built. That could be literal or metaphorical. Regardless, remember that at the end of Incredible Hulk... Bruce Banner, Edward Norton, was seen meditating on a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. So here's my theory. Banner told S.H.I.E.L.D. about that cabin and gave him the resources to add on to it. Or perhaps Banner modified the cabin initially, and after he joined forces with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers, the laser fence was added. Actually, if Steve Rogers spent time there, maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. found the cabin while tracking Banner, claimed it, and modified it. I'm probably all wet saying this, but I thought I'd share this is interesting to me, Ben. There's about twice I was thinking about a no prize, but there's because you know this was a traditional, almost no prize sort of answer. There, almost. I would have made Stanley proud. Almost would have linked the movie and the show. But again, you're there's right in the sense that you know Steve Rogers would have had to have stayed there first before Banner was really hanging out with Shield. So. Yeah, there's some in, you know some, some research that needs to be done. Yeah. One final email, and it is from Agent Evan. I'm very concerned with this email. I've scurried over it looking for when I'm supposed to record on Tomorrowland, and I don't see it. I, I don't think you're going to see it. Uh, that's not going to be in an email. It's no. going to be in a Facebook instant message, and okay. or maybe I'll talk about it with him over over lunch sometime this month. So Yeah, but so you're gonna say when are you, Daniel, and you gonna record your Disney podcast and talk about Tomorrowland? Mm, what I'm going to say is um you want to talk about home. Oh that's what he 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 had just seen it and want, wants to talk about it. I'm pretty sure on my other podcast my other guys don't want to. That's not what this email message is about though. Let's get into it. Okay. Hello agent, fellow agents <laughs> Agent Evan here. Sorry, it's been such a long time with no audio updates about myself and Agent Miller. I don't know about you, but I've been worried. But with the Easter season being super busy, I decided to text my good friend Reed Richards from a couple dimensions next door and have him pull a space-time wormhole sort of deal and temporarily remove me from that sticky situation so I could get all my work done for Easter. Don't worry, though. I know messing with the space-time continuum can only have some very bad repercussions, so will eventually put me right back where I came from and wipe my memory so as to avoid said repercussions. But, Ben, my memory will still be there. Yeah, if our memories of it are there, does that mean it never really happened? Maybe everyone and everyone's listening memories will be wiped at some point. I don't know. But I've totally forgotten what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, wow, what a great episode last week. We have some clever agents on this podcast because somebody totally called it. It was Bruce Banner's cabin. Well done. It was implied in the episode that Bruce built the cabin himself, which would mean he would have installed the honeycomb power dampening plating himself, too. Did Banner invent that plating himself and S.H.I.E.L.D. acquired it later? Something to ponder. Mm -hmm. Why, yes, that is. Indeed. 
all bought, when Bobby was talking with Simmons at the lockers, had a sneaking, sneaking suspicion they might try to make Simmons look really awesome and take down Bobby. The hope dwindled as the conversation moved forward, but it was gloriously resurrected when Simmons totally took down Bobby. That was my favorite moment from the episode, hands down. Daniel interjecting. The thing I liked about that, too, is it was done in a Simmons way. Simmons met Bobby on her own turf. Mm -hmm. She didn't meet Bobby on Bobby's turf, which, of course, would have been a disaster. To me, that's one of the greatest Simmons moments of the entire series. Second, maybe to the opening to the episode where she was working for Hydra. And we see her, you know, jogging on her uh, treadmill and getting ready for the day, getting coffee and all that kind of thing. I still think her favorite moment is on the train as she's going through her backstory with her fake dad. That's third for me right now. Yeah. Uh, So back to back to Agent Evan. I'm so glad we finally got to see Sky let loose with her powers, albeit on an accident, but still super cool. Special effects have vastly vastly improved this season, as we've mentioned before. And lastly, I'm liking Gordon so far. He seems very neutral, much like the Inhumans as a whole, usually, and by all appearances looks as if he's got pure motives, but I'm still keeping my eyes peeled. You. He never really gave Sky any straight answers to any of her questions in the cabin. All right, that's enough for me. Have a great week. Agent Evan out. All right. Well, Daniel, I think that does it for this episode then. What do you think? Wow. We actually got through that? Yeah, yeah. We made it. We made it. So I want to thank everyone for listening and looking forward to next episode. And uh, let us know what you think. Definitely let us know what you think. Because this this felt like just a beefy, beefy good episode. So, Daniel, any any final words for us here? I got nothing but sorry, Eddie. The tiger's been loose for a while. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at one seventy-seven fifty-five. the word level, and then the number 7. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Daniel. Yeah. I can't believe that they're not doing an end credit, post credit scene. That they're only doing a mid credit scene. This just doesn't make sense to me. I, Why would I mean, they do this? They- I guess if there was a mid-credit scene, they could talk about like future episodes like us. I mean, we're going to find out about Brain and the Calvary. Uh, you mean in the next episode of, of yeah. this podcast? Yeah, Welcome to Love and Seven. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah, which- I, I mean, there, there's going to be a mid-credit scene, and that's good. But, but and that's- in, in the minute, I think the new normal is in the mid, we get ready for the next movie, and then in the post, we have the funny. Yeah, the post is kind of a tagged-on joke. Right? Yeah, like, you know, shawarma. How do you beat shawarma? I guess that's – we just felt like you couldn't it's, beat shawarma. It's going to feel really awkward when we get to the end of the credits, even knowing that there's going to be nothing at the end of the credits. I think it's going to be kind of awkward. Hey, fun fact. Yeah? Ben, building across the street from me, getting uh-huh. a shawarma place. I don't even know what shawarma is. I don't either, but I'm going to eat it, and I'm going <laughs> to invite like six or seven friends after we like defeat aliens. 
Excellent. Follow us on Twitter where we are level7pod. Seven is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcometolevel7.com. Seven is spelled out. Visit our website, welcometolevel7.com, for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help make you lit, think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Yeah, that's just awkward. Yeah, that's weird.